and welcome back to DL History. Today we will be learning about Cleopatra VII. Unfortunately, we are not provided with much information on her due to the lack of contemporary accounts because of this all taking place 2,000 years ago. Cleopatra is known for playing a part in many plays and movies, one of these plays being written by William Shakespeare himself. Shakespeare gets into the drama behind Cleopatra's closed doors and her ways to keeping a good social image under the pressure she has faced. Okay, so enough about how inspiring she is. Cleopatra was born in either 69 or 70 BC in Alexandria, Egypt. Her family was part of the Macedonia dynasty, which was founded by Ptolemy. May I just add that her parents were Ptolemy XII and possibly Cleopatra V? Yeah, her mom was married to the king, but also possibly his half-sister. Talk about a small genetic pool. Anyways, Cleopatra and her younger brother Ptolemy XIII came to throne in 51 BC. Yeah, do the math. She was 18 and her brother was 10. What were you doing at 10? Wishing you had complete rule over Egypt? I mean, they did only get to rule over Egypt because their parents died, but still, it's pretty amazing. Not to mention that in 49 BC, when her brother was just 12 years old, he forced Cleopatra to flee Egypt for Syria. She wasn't so happy about it and gathered an army of mercenaries to face her brother in a civil war less than a year later in Pelusium. This is where it gets juicy. Cleopatra needed help so badly that she broke into the royal palace and asked Julius Caesar for support in the war. He, of course, agreed to help and pushed Ptolemy out of Alexandria and allowed Cleopatra to take control again. This time, she had the help of her other younger brother, Ptolemy, the 14th, who was just 13 years old at the time. Yes, and to add to the juiciness, Cleopatra gave birth to a baby boy in 47 BC, and it was with Caesar. The baby was named Ptolemy Caesar, but everyone in Egypt called him Caesarian, which means little Caesar. In 46 or 45 BC, Cleopatra, Caesarian, and Ptolemy went to visit Caesar in Rome. In March of 44 BC, Cleopatra, Caesarian, and Ptolemy returned to Egypt after the murder of Caesar. Ptolemy died soon after their return to Egypt. And considering Caesarian, who was three at the time, was named co-regent as Ptolemy the 15th, it is thought that Cleopatra hired people to kill her brother to make her power more secure for as long as possible. Ooh, ooh, ooh. May I add that Cleopatra strongly connected herself with goddess Isis, who was sister wife of Osiris and mother of Horus. Before we continue, here's a few words from our unpaid sponsors. Do you have bad grades and no time to fix them? Introducing Blame the Teacher. Cards with all the excuses in the book for when your parents ask you about your bad grades. Want a break from the ads? No? Okay, good. Because we still need more time. Love feeling stressed? Absolutely adore not understanding? Do you want to take a class that not even the teacher understands? Then fail physics and take it again. No one knows what they're doing. This podcast is not actually sponsored. Welcome back. Yes, it was tradition for the rulers of Egypt to associate themselves with divinity or gods. And interesting enough, Cleopatra III also claimed Isis as her goddess. Yep, most people think it has to do with the fact that Isis was known for her irresistible charm, according to Plutarin, and she spoke over a dozen languages. Anyways, back to the topic at hand. 
When the Nile River flooded, it led to failing crops, which led to inflation, which eventually led to hunger. But of course, Cleopatra was still seen as a powerful leader. Can we get back to the juicy stuff? You know, the Rome thing? Where the people who assassinated Caesar had a conflict with his allies and they both requested help from Cleopatra? But she chose to help the allies because obviously, the assassins killed her child's father. I think you just did tell them. But, to add on to that, after defeating the assassins in 42 BC, Mark Antony and Octavian divided the power in Rome, and Antony invited Cleopatra to his part of Rome. Of course, he fell in love with her upon seeing her due to her goddess-like robe she was wearing, and agreed to protect her in Egypt. How romantic. I know, right? This man left his third wife and his kids in Rome just to be with Cleopatra and stayed from 41 to 40 BC. And my favorite part of this little love story, after he went back to Rome, Cleopatra had twins. Yep, his twins. And they had the cutest names, Alexander Helios, which means the sun, and Cleopatra Selene, which means the moon. And of course, like all men, he just wanted money from her. I mean, it was as part of a deal that if she gave him money for a military campaign, he would give her Egypt's eastern empire. But still, whatever happened to romance? But it worked apparently, because they became lovers again and had another child, Ptolemy Philadelphos, in 36 BC. And his jealous asks declared war on Cleopatra in 32 BC, and claimed that Antony was being controlled by Cleopatra. I mean, I would also declare war on someone if my husband left me and our children for them. Just saying. But this is some intense high school drama if you ask me. Unfortunately, in September of 31 BC, Octavian defeated Cleopatra and Antony's army in the Battle of Octium. Cleopatra left in a ship and then Antony left soon after. And of course, rumors spreading like they do, Antony got false news of Cleopatra committing suicide, so he decided it'd be a great idea to also kill himself because he couldn't be with her. But of course, the rumor was false, at first. After the burial of Antony in August of 30 BC, Cleopatra trapped herself and two female servants in a chamber. She killed herself with a snake while trapped in the tomb. She used an axe, which is a poisonous snake seen as royalty. That's not the only snake that won that day. Octavian got to celebrate the conquest of Egypt in full rule over Rome. But her tomb has yet to be discovered, so no one knows what happened there. And it's also very possible her tomb is now underwater. Based on some research that was done, her tomb has been lost for over 2,000 years. And though media reports have suggested the discovery of a lifetime is near, the chances of finding Cleopatra's tomb are very low. For the past 15 years, a team led by Kathleen Martinez has been excavating the site, finding remains that date back to the time of Cleopatra. They also generally agreed that the odds of finding her tomb were slim. Many of the scholars believe that Cleopatra would have been buried within Alexandria, possibly in an area that is now underwater. A researcher named Hawass said, I believe now that Cleopatra was buried in her tomb that she built next to her palace and it is underwater. Ancient writers often mention Alexander's tomb, but archeologists have never found it or the tombs of any of the pot- 
Hamic rulers. After Cleopatra's rule, Egypt became a more wealthy and powerful country. Rome also became wealthier with the connection between Cleopatra and the powerful Roman rulers. Cleopatra's tactical approach to each of her relationships allowed Egypt to flourish. Yeah, and before the Nile River flooded, she also took great advantage of it, which a lot of the people didn't like because it provided the country with crucial resources. As some of her accomplishments, she managed to be the last active pharaoh of Egypt. She could speak many different languages. She influenced the politics of Rome like no other woman of her era. She led a fleet at the naval battle of Actium. Cleopatra influenced the way Western empires would be governed. And she inspired art and literature as an anemic queen for centuries. But that's all a story for another time. Anyways, thank you for listening to this amazing podcast. Goodbye.